When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Leafs Nation, I know we're all feeling pretty good. We talked with Anthony earlier, and we said 3-3 OT. Didn't call the winner, but then I said, we have to have a follow-up show. And we got James Eichavon on right now to talk about the game that was with the Philadelphia Flyers. Of course, riding shotgun with my buddy, as always, Dylan Fournier, D434. James, from one James to another, what a fun game to watch Austin Matthews get a hattie, but also to watch the Philadelphia Flyers in that first period frustrate the hell out of the Toronto Maple Leafs because that's what they can do when they get a lead. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's the Flyers in a nutshell. They're, uh, they're a really frustrating team to play against, uh, especially of late. You know, it's uh, if, if they get a lead, uh, especially during their, the four-game win streak that's now over, thanks to Toronto, uh, once they get out to a lead, uh, they kind of shut the door and it's, and it's early too. Like after the first period, like teams are getting less than 10 shots on goal, uh, between the second and third period. Obviously you're not going to do that to a team like the Maple Leafs. Um, but yeah, the Flyers are, that's their, that's their calling card. They're a very resilient team, frustrating to play against. You see a lot of guys kind of smash their sticks and stuff like that when they play the Flyers, which, you know, as a fan of the Flyers, it's refreshing because they've kind of been a doormat the last bunch of years. So uh, yeah, great. Uh, looked like it was going to be a good first period. And, you know, the way things played out, which I'm sure we'll get to, uh, things changed. Yeah, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But, I mean, I look back at this game here, and, I mean, it was going exactly as I was told earlier it would go, that if the Flyers got a lead, they have a way of bottling guys up and just making it very difficult for teams. And Harrison and Nett as well. He's really been a stabilizing force for the Philadelphia Flyers this season. Obviously, the stuff with Carter Hart, that's gone. He's gone. He's no longer with the organization. So you have to lean on this guy here. And he's really putting up the numbers to show you that you can build from him. And then, of course, you go and get a guy like Drysdale to add to your back end and build things up there as well. Torts saying he's got a long way to go. But that's just Torts' tough love, man. He just wants to make sure he gets the most out of this kid at every given moment. So that first period was indicative of what we all thought it might be. If you spot them one or two goals, they can shut you down. And they've also shown with the Arizona game, they can come back if they're trailing, much like they did tonight as well. So they showed us everything that they had in that four-game win streak in this game, except for winning in an OT. I think the Leafs need the points a little bit more right now. On my own personal thing, too many guys nipping at our heels. But uh, what do you think of the, the overall play of the team tonight? Uh, is this for Toronto or the for the Flyers? For the Flyers. Oh, um, I was happy with it. I, I think Toronto really took it to the Flyers uh, in the second and early in the third period. Like, uh, it, it kind of looked like okay, this is going to be a Leafs win. And uh, as I mentioned, the Flyers have that resiliency. You know, they ended up coming back somehow. 
tied the game. But uh, I think overall, like we know that Toronto is the more talented team. You know, the core four. You got Tavares, Nylander, uh, Matthews, Marner. Uh, I mean, how do you like you don't win too many games when Austin Matthews scores a natural hat trick against you in seven in a seven, eight minutes. Like it's you don't win that game, you know. Uh, but overall, I think I, I was happy with the Flyers performance. Uh, and it was a it was a fun game to watch, you know. It was uh, like chess at some points. A lot of penalties, which I don't think anybody really likes to see. Um, but I, I enjoyed the game. Happy to get a point. Absolutely. Um, well, the one the one goal that I did see, um, you know, you don't really expect a, a defenseman to score on a penalty kill, um, but Travis Konechny seemed to distract the Maple Leafs along the boards there, and um, he fell down, but he got the puck out, and uh, Travis Sanheim was waiting all alone out front and ended up scoring. Uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that goal, and uh, your thoughts on the very dangerous penalty kill. It, it's it. There's so much fun to watch on the PK. They, they, they're calling it the, uh, the power kill yes, down here, which yes, I'm not, I don't know how crazy I am, but, <laughs> but uh, it, it's fun because they're a threat at four on five. And it, it it's like, I have to go back and look and I'm sure it's not as close anymore, but their PK is more dangerous than their power play, you know? Um, so yeah, it was, it was fun to see. I think it's been a while for, for Sanheim since he scored last. I think, I, I think I heard like 17, 20 games, something like that. Um, so it was good to see him get one. Um, Konechny is the, uh, the engine man. He's got a, a motor that never stops. Uh, recently, uh, I think it was yesterday. They put the A on his sweater and, and that, that's why for the, for the way he plays the game. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Konechny is definitely deserving of a leadership role on this squad and, He's the the Flyers kind of Brad Marchand, that kind of guy that gets under people's skin, doesn't have to do the fighting all the time, but really can piss people off and get them off their game. And he's really good at doing that with Austin Matthews. Uh, we saw it last year. We see it again this year. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. There's two more games between these teams. So there's a little bit more bad blood to be had as we go down the stretch with these squads. Um, the simple plays to me tonight were the ones that cost both teams. And I've been steadily beating the drum for the Maple Leafs. The easy play is to put it off the glass, get it out of the zone, make sure you get enough on it. Same thing for the Flyers. Get it out of the zone. And I know Tortorella probably ripped them about that later on. Uh, I don't watch, and I'll be very honest, a lot of Philadelphia Flyer games. I see the highlights like everyone else. Is that something that is catching the Flyers here Mm -hmm. when they are having their stumble moments of not clearing the zone, you know, getting the puck out with that extra emphasis? Or is that just one thing for tonight that's just kind of a cherry on top that kind of cost them the game? I, I think it might have just been a, a tonight thing because surprisingly to, to me as well, they've been very good getting pucks out of the zone. I mean, they're one of the top teams in transition uh, in the NHL. I, I think, you know, Toronto's, a, you guys know, they're a very good hockey team with yeah. a lot of skill. And uh, for maybe a team like the Flyers, I mean, you, you're going up against a team like that. I don't know if the Flyers are intimidated, but you still, you know, it's Austin Matthews on your, he's on pace for 70 goals. Like um, <laughs> maybe you're squeezing the sticks a little bit more against this team. I think this is the first time they've played each other this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, it could have been that, you know, the, we'll see if it's the same way the, the next time they play. But uh, yeah, it, it hasn't really been a characteristic of this team uh this season i think more so just uh what we saw tonight 
Yeah, well, and I can speak on the behalf of the Maple Leafs. It is something that's plagued us all season long. It's like they're scared to use it. I've watched Philly tonight use the glass, make the smart play, the chippy plays. With the Leafs, you talk about that high-end skill. Well, that high-end skill comes a lot of high-end risk plays, like mm. Nyes trying to poke that puck by and wheel up the boards instead of just simply getting it out and just making sure it's in the neutral zone and not in your zone because then you can't cover it, obviously, and then it becomes the second goal for the Philadelphia Flyers. It's those little things for me that if the Leafs don't pay attention to those details, it will cost them. Maybe they can go and look at what the Flyers do with the way they clear the puck and transition because the Leafs are having trouble there, and that is what's kind of felled them, I'd say, you know, through this part of the season anyway. I know they're a little bit better in winning lately, but when they're losing, those are the key factors to me that cost them the game. And I'm like, come on, it's not that hard to do these things. Um, and it, it talks to game management, which is the next thing on the uh, the old sandwich board. I mean, both teams tonight, you know, game management was a thing. You look at the penalties the Leafs took. They were dumb ones at times that they shouldn't have taken that really cost the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, the tying goal, Tyler Bertuzzi being in the box. It's just knowing where you are in the game. And I think for Keith too, is knowing who to put on the ice. And I saw every Leaf fan saying, oh, there's five minutes left, put the camp line out. And, you know, camp hasn't been the guy that he usually is for us. For you guys, when it gets to that time of the game, what is the key shutdown line for the Philadelphia Flyers? Who do you guys depend on the most to lock it down and really bring it home? You know, it's it's funny because I'm I'm kind of flipping through through guys in my head and obviously Sean Couturier's line. Um, Tyson Forster, a rookie this year Ooh. who missed this game and last game with uh, an injury, blocked a shot a couple games ago. But he's been very, very, very good defensively, which I don't think anybody expected from Tyson Forster this year. Um, we all know he's got the big shot, but uh, Forster, Couturier, uh, even guys like Lawton are trusted, Konechny. Um, you can name at least two lines worth of players. Noah Cates, who received some Selkie votes last yeah, season. Um, they don't uh, – honestly, they don't have one single line. I think they're comfortable rolling like one or two lines out there at the end of the game. Th- I mean, three like, – really, they could put anybody. I, I mean, Garnet Hathaway had a hell of a game tonight. You know, like they have a lot of – they're just a, a gritty team, man. Um, one thing I wanted to point out was – any any player who may have had an ego on this team, uh, I think, left over the summer. And what Torts did, he kind of broke everybody down to the base and built them back up. They're they're a team of worker bees, and now they're starting to sprinkle in the skill, you know. And uh, it makes them a lot of fun to watch because they do a lot of the little things correct. Um, and now it's like, okay, now let's sprinkle some talent in here. But yeah, I mean, to, back to the question, they have. They have multiple lines, I think, that they can they trust at the end of the game. Absolutely. Well, that's you know that's one thing with us. We really don't have that at the moment. We thought we had a shutdown line, you know, in David Camp. We thought we had something brewing with you know Domi, Yarncroke, and etc. With injuries to Yarncroke, it kind of makes that a problem. So taking games home is something the Maple Leafs really haven't been able to do very well as of late, and obviously. I think this was the 18th game the Maple Leafs have gone to overtime this season. Mm -hmm. So that speaks to not being able to lock down games. Also, there's some where they came back, of course. But if you can't lock down a 3-1 lead, you know, especially when you're in the playoffs, 
that is a problem, and that's something the Leafs really need to do. So I'm hoping with these teams that they play against that they see these things from. Maybe they pick up a ting or two to take with them, or they look at a couple of players they might want to get. I mean, I'd love to have a Hathaway on my squad. You know, just a guy that's kind of a hulking body that really can impose his physical will. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, you look at tonight. I mean, Dylan, you probably want to touch on this one here. You love Benny, so I'll let you take the Dell question. Well, yeah, no, I was well, I was going to go off of what you just said there first, because um, I'm kind of curious on your opinion at where you see the team at the trade deadline. Do you see them kind of being a buyer, bringing, bringing people in or do you see them, you know, heading in the direction where we all thought they were going to continue where, you know, getting those high draft picks? Um, I think this this season is kind of unexpected of where they are in the in the standings. But um, do you see them selling off a few guys and kind of falling down in the uh, the standings a bit in order to get a higher draft pick? Or where do you think they're going to fall come trade deadline? Yeah, so it's funny because right before the All-Star break, Keith Jones was on uh, one of the local podcasts down here and he had mentioned they're sticking to the plan. And John Tortorella also says, uh, he said it consistently, they're sticking to the plan. If they're, you know, they're not shopping anybody, but they're listening. And yeah. they'd be silly not to accept uh, a deal of value for a player that maybe wasn't in the plans uh, kind of thing. Um, Keith Jones had mentioned they're going to try to thread the needle uh, this deadline, which to me means, um, say, for example, a guy like Sean Walker, who... You know, he's his name's been out there for a few months now. He's been yeah, playing yeah. extremely well. This after year. Him. Yeah. Um, if somebody offers up something too good to pass up for Sean Walker, I think they're gonna move him for sure. Um, and then for example, if they can acquire somebody, uh, like a buy low kind of player where they're not moving um premium assets, I think they'll do that. Um, I think Briere was quoted as saying that actually. They're you know, they'll it sounds like they're going to make a move to bring people in, but they're not going to move first, second, third round picks uh, or, or premium prospects to do that, you know? Um, and then at the same token, if they can get first round picks for a guy like Sean Walker uh, or Rasmus Ristolainen and something like that, they'll do it, which so it should be fun either way. I think for the flyers. Absolutely. Well, even in moving players too, right off of this squad, it doesn't mean you fall completely out of a playoff spot. Sometimes when you move some guys, it really uh, elevates some players to have better chances and more minutes, and the team still thrives. And like you said, you could also bring in some talent that can be injected into this lineup and still recoup assets. And who knows? Then when you get in the playoffs, it's just, what's the old saying? It's house money. Yeah. So, you know, you're not especially expected to be year. there. Go make some noise. Exactly, especially this year. Um, it, it's interesting because you want the guys to get that taste of the playoffs, you know, so this way they have something to look forward to next year. Like you don't want to completely take the season from them because they have been playing really well. Uh, they've been busting their asses all year long. You want to reward them, but at the same time, and I really appreciate this from, from flyers management because everybody's on the same page. They want to stay the course. You know, if uh, a guy like Sean Walker is, you know, can get your first round pick, you have to, you have to take that deal. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, because it sucks that he was a part of this for the whole season. Um, but if he's getting to, if he's getting moved to a playoff team, he's still going to have an opportunity to win a Stanley Cup. You know, absolutely. We all know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything on the ice. 
This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. You want to check out the Flyers and Leafs tonight, lay a bet down? That may be the way to do it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8HOPE-NY or text 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for your problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill and Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright the NHL 2024. All rights are reserved. Or at least play for one. All right. So there's one I want to talk about here. I think that Delorier could have, let's just say it nicely, beat the brakes <laughs> off of Mr. Benoit tonight. And from what I saw from the comments, I was out picking the daughter up from cheer. So I got back in time to just see the hype of it all. I think that he could have caused a lot more damage than he did. And I think he uh, did Benoit a solid knowing that a, he's a better fighter and B Benny's just kind of in there to, to hold his own at that point, right? Just trying to make sure that he doesn't embarrass himself for one, but also doesn't end up with a couple of orbital bone fractures from standing in there for too long. Uh, what did you make of the fight? Obviously, we all know Delorier's history and what he brings to the table. Benny's trying to establish himself as one of those fan favorites in Toronto. Sometimes I think he needs to learn not to bite <laughs> off more than he can chew, especially with a guy like Dell. So I'll start off with the hit, I think, first. And the hit was a hockey hit. It was a clean hit. Uh, if, if I was a Maple Leafs fan, I would have loved the hit. Um, it's unfortunate. I think York left the game. Um, but I, I think, see, I don't know how I feel about fighting guys after clean hits. Yeah. You want to stick up for your teammate, um, in that sense, but I don't think it's, it's anything more than that. You know, it's, uh, you want hitting in hockey still, obviously yep. you don't, you don't want players to get hurt and, and all that stuff. So it's unfortunate when that happens. Um, but hitting's a part of the game. So uh, I can go either way when it comes to fighting uh, after clean hits. I understand why they do it, to stick up for the teammate. Um, so I don't want to take that out of the game either. Uh, but, yeah, Delorier is a tough customer, man, one of the toughest guys in the NHL. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he could have probably beat the brakes off Benoit. And honestly, <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that he, he didn't because yeah, the hit oh, was no, clean. Trust me, I'm glad too. We like Benny. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean right because if, yeah. if he would have kept going at him it's like well it was a clean hit man did he really deserve all that you know like he he you know he, t he threw the gloves down he answered the bell somewhat like that that's enough i think right um, oh. so i was glad to see that that didn't really go any further well i was i was just looking at their height comparison and their weight comparison and <laughs> yeah. although yeah. although benoit has him in height the Laurier has him in weight, which I would I thought is shocking. So I I mean, yeah, he probably could have beat the wheels off. He's a he's sure. a thick guy. Yeah, he's he's a big dude. Well, while we're on this topic here of clean hits, you know, and then a responding fight, I want to pick your brain on this one right quick. 
So the incident between Morgan Riley and Ridley Gregg, I want to get your quick two cents on it. A, do you have a problem with the slap shot? And B, do you have a problem with Riley's reaction? I'm not talking about the action itself because I think the high cross check was wrong. There should have been a different response, but a reaction definitely. Do you have an issue with either thing? So as let's say from just a fan of hockey standpoint, I loved all of it because it was entertainment, right? Like if you're watching the game, you see him wind up for the slapper and you're like, Oh God. Yeah. Like this is going to get a little nuts here because you know, he's not supposed to do that. Like you you know that that's going to be a thing, right? Like the Leafs aren't going to, they're not, they shouldn't be okay with that. You know, no team. The first name that comes through my head is Chris Pronger and the flyers and what he would have done if someone did that. Right. It's a respect thing. You're showing up your opponent. Like you have the game one, just put the puck in the net and, you know, go to your bench, do the handshakes, whatever. Um, Slapped it in. I think what makes it worse is he's a rookie. He he hasn't really Mm. put his time into the league yet to be able to do something like that. Like if it was a Kachuk, uh, like a Brady Kachuk, there probably still would have been a, like a fight or something. I would have expected it though. (laughs) Right. But at least he's put his time in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, You expect that from a Kachuk and it's like, all right, well now we got to go fight Kachuk where it's Ridley Gregg. You're like, who is this guy? And who does he think he is? So it it warranted a response. Uh, You know, it's the, the, the cross check to the back of the head. I don't, I don't think there was any intent to injure. I think, you know, Greg was kind of the way he skated off after like that, like an innocent puppy or something. He knew something was coming, Um, but the, you know, he had the innocent look like, Oh my God, like, what are you doing? Uh, All I did was shoot it into the net. Um, Yeah. And it needed a response. Could you guys imagine what your media would be saying if the Leafs didn't do anything? Yeah. Yeah, Like they were, they were, they were, uh, whether they reacted or not, they would have been toast up there. So I'm glad they did. No, uh, I'm glad they did. I mean, for me, at least for the St. Louis game and maybe into this Flyer game, it does look like they gave themselves maybe a little bit of a spark, a little bit of, hey, we'll stick up for each other. Because again, tonight it did happen, you know, where guys were standing up for each other. Someone jumped in for Matthews, you know, and the gloves were shaking and stuff like that. So I want to see more of that from the Leafs. And they've been criticized for not doing these things. Yeah. So, you okay. know, like I said, the the act of the reaction was great. The actual action that Riley took, maybe not the best. And who knows what happens here. He's appealing a suspension tomorrow. So maybe he gets a couple games shaved off. We shall see. But uh, at I the end a- of the day, it's finally nice to see a Maple Leaf stand up or something. Hell yeah. I had a quick question. What is more disrespectful? A slap shot? Or just slowly putting it into the net. I think if you again it goes back to what he said about rookies. If you're a rookie and haven't put your time in, don't show anybody up. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, just put it in the net like it's a like it's a regular play, you know, just shoot it into the net. Just shoot it. I didn't understand it. It just well, even Giroux after the game, I mean, you can oh, yeah, see Giroux, you've seen G, he didn't like it. You could tell that he did not want to be asked about it, didn't want to be bothered about it. He wasn't feeling the fact that his rookie did that. And we were almost kind of embarrassed is what I would take it from. from yeah, Giroux. he just didn't want to throw him under the bus, it seemed. Yeah. yeah. All right, so basically for the game tonight, would you say that the second period, the Flyers kind of took their foot off the gas? And, you know, I was talking before – with Anthony about, you know, earlier in the season for the Flyers, that was something that they were kind of criticized for. You know, second and third periods, they take their foot off the gas and it really games would either allow teams back in or they'd get away from them. Do you think that is what happened here where they kind of, you know, 
allowed Austin Matthews, really, just Austin Matthews, because it was <laughs> his show, let's just put it the way it is, was the Austin Matthews show in the second period. But do you think they took their foot off the gas a little bit and allowed the Leafs to have some time and space to move and do their thing? Because that wasn't the case in the first. Uh, I saw it more as the Leafs just taking it to the Flyers, to be honest with you. The uh, the skill guys on the Leafs kind of took over. Uh, yeah, there were some things the Flyers could have done to maybe prevent uh, one of one or two of those goals. I think one was a power. I mean, don't give the Leafs power plays if you don't want Austin Matthews, you know, <laughs> firing shots from the wall. That laser um, man, he's got he's yeah, got his own shot, man. Yeah, he, he really does. So it's like there there are things that they've could have that they could have done that prevent some of these goals, obviously. But uh, I think it was more the Leafs just kind of taking it to the Flyers in that second period. Um, the first was somewhat even, but I think. If I'm Toronto, I, you know, I wouldn't have been thrilled with how that period went, and it looked like they came out for the second and just were taking it to the Flyers there for most, of, if not all, the period. Yeah, and it seemed to me like the third period, the Leafs kind of just let their foot off the treadle and said, you know what, we're going to try to coast this 3-1 lead home, and that's what they do. And then teams yep. find a way to build some mo and get rolling, and this is where we end up. And usually we don't end up on the happy side of things when it comes to OT. Uh, they didn't. They don't have, still don't have a good record in six and seven uh, in the overtime frame. So as much as we get there, we're not always winning it. I'll ask this one as the last question of the night to you, Austin Matthews. We're watching something awesome here again this season. He looks fully healthy, fully energized, and a beast. Do we see Austin Matthews hit seventy goals this season? I uh, I think so, and I hope so for the sake of my dynasty team. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I think we are, and I think everybody I think everybody wants to see seventy, right? Like goals are fun, and uh, Austin Matthews is you know one of the top. He's an elite player, one of the top players in the NHL. Uh, we know we know um, Connor McDavid scores a lot of points, right? But I think there's an argument that Austin Matthews. Uh, there's an argument there that he could be one, if not the best player in the, in the NHL, he does it all offense, defense, transition. Uh, so to be able to score 70 goals and play the game the way he does is extra, extra impressive, man. I, I'm really, I'm rooting for him to score 70. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see him score 70. And I mean, for me, I look at Austin Matthews and say he's growing that 200 foot game as well. But I mean, for the past, what better if it's just say 15 plus years, it has been Crosby versus Ovechkin. Are we entering a new era? And I mean, a lot of people will probably scoff at this because McDavid is out of the stratosphere in points. I get it. But is it now McDavid versus Matthews going forward as the two younger faces of this league? Do you think that's a thing? I hope it is. Uh, yeah, let's let's juice up Edmonton. Let's juice up. I mean, Toronto doesn't need to be pumped up anymore. They're already, you know, one of the marquee NHL franchises. But yeah, like let's have fun with it. Let's do McDavid versus Matthews. Why not? You know, we need a rivalry out of Edmonton and Toronto. It would be fun. Man, oh, could yeah. you imagine the Stanley Cup final if it ever happened that way? Toronto versus Edmonton. Gary Bettman would just be locking himself in a room crying because <laughs> he would hate the fact that two Canadian markets are in the final. That would be something to see in itself, but it would be wild to see that. Obviously, two passionate fan bases, but uh, yeah, I want to see Matthew score 70. Um, cannot wait to see it. We got two more games between the Leafs and the Flyers, both in Philly. In a six-game span. So these guys are six-day span. These guys are going to be hating on each other, playing each other close. 
I hope we can get you back on when those games are happening. Have some more fun, either pre or post game. Uh, I want to thank you very much for making some time tonight after the game to speak with us. Yes, Where can you. everybody find your work, James? Oh, yeah. So I'm on Twitter at, at Jim Ike HW, J I M I K E H W. We have a, a podcast and a, a site. You can find all of our stuff at hwhockey.net. And uh, yeah, shoot us a follow and give us a listen. Let us know what you think. And uh, I want to thank you guys, James, Dylan, for having me on. It's always a pleasure talking to you guys and I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Yeah, no, definitely. We'll have you back on and we'll make sure to tag everything on Twitter so everybody can follow the hashtags and have some fun. But guys, the least pick up a victory over the Flyers on the backs of Austin Matthews. Hey, 3-3 OT could have went either way. Thanks again, James, for jumping on with us. Dylan, you're always awesome to ride with. This has been Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk. Thank <laughs> you.